0: Welcome to Humanly Possible, a vlog and podcast series focused on the game changing potential of creating human centric workplaces. Today's conversation is with our returning guest, Kim Sullivan. Kim is the Chief People Officer at Concentrix, a global business services company specializing in customer engagement and improving business performance. We're used to hearing that the customer comes first, but today's conversation is all about the intimate connection between the employee and customer experience. Kim and I discuss how experience management for employees first can create a competitive advantage for your business and the customer experience. Thank you for joining. You're, you're going to be a regular on the on our episodes. I love it. I'm happy to do it anytime. Thank you. a good topic. Uh, so, Kim, I know we had you on earlier, but for those who are just listening or just tuning in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and personally and professionally, you know, what, what makes you human?
1: Absolutely. So, I am, uh, I am a mother of four. I'm married. I feel like I've been having children my entire life. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm in Houston right now. I'm working from home from Houston. I have four children, three of whom are adults. So I have a 25-year-old son, a 22-year-old son, a 20-year-old daughter. The 22 and 20-year-olds are in college. And then I have my surprise baby, who is, I call him my surprise baby. He's not a baby so much, but he's eight. And he is actually attending remote school here at home with me. So it's the two of us all day, every day. And then professionally, I have been in HR for over 20 years now. I work currently, I work for a company called Concentrix. We are a customer experience company. We're, t- we're a technology company, but we our focus is helping em- companies improve their customer experience. So we provide services and consulting and um, in in over 40 countries across the world, and we employ over 230, now 38,000 employees. We were at 225, but we continue to grow. And uh, I am passionate about, the work that I do as a business professional with HR expertise, because through the work that I lead with my team, we really, we are able to help an organization thrive. We're able to improve employee experience. And through that employee experience, we are able to positively improve and impact business outcomes and customer experience. And and I've spent most of my career or a lot of my career in customer focused organizations and retail organizations. And that is where I've really developed a love and passion for organizations that are customer centric. Because I and and because of that, I see the direct connection between customer centricity and employee being employee centric. And that's really what
0: I focus on and culture, of course. Awesome. Well that's that's a great segue into our topic, which yeah. uh, nice. you know you and I have talked about the connection between customer experience and employee experience for, I mean, if we added up the hours, it would be days weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a topic I'm really passionate about too, and you're kind of right in the mix because you have all this great experience with the, both of them together and inter, in an interconnected way. So what what role exactly does the employee experience have on the customer experience? You
1: know, first of all, it's, it's really, it's all culture. And, and I know we've talked about culture for years and years, and there have been lots of articles and lots of communication about culture. But it, when you think about it, when you examine it, when you assess it, at the end of the day, it is about creating a culture that is, number one, all about the customer. And your customer may be your employee. Your customer may be vendor relationships. Your customer may be someone that comes in and frequents Store and buys your product or takes advantage of your services. But if you think about the basic concept, the foundational concept of what we used to say, customer experience, customer service, now we say experience. Yes. It's, it's thinking in the same way about your employees. And when you connect those dots, when you, when you dissect and, and analyze and think about what makes a great experience for a customer or an employee, it's the same work and it's it's really about culture because culture is as i've said before i believe it is the heartbeat of your organization because it's how you behave it's how you want your be managers and your leaders to behave it's what you're willing to tolerate it is the norms it's the norms that you create and the the mm-hmm. cut, the um the um how you how you celebrate how you come together and and in the company that i'm with today one of our culture statements is we're fanatical about our staff which we refer to who are our our employees as well as our clients and if you operate in a way where you are fanatical about both of them there is they have to integrate and they intersect because it's really about creating a culture that where you have strong relationships and you take care of people and you ensure that your employees belong, and that's where the diversity equity inclusion piece mm-hmm. comes into play. But it's about how do we behave, how do we act, et cetera. And then you create you put the systemic pieces in. you, think, you, you put in you think from a systems end-to-end perspective, because then you, you say, okay, well, if we're going to be customer-centric and we're going to be fanatical about our clients and our employees, we should not have processes that slow us down or get in the way, that are too bureaucratic. Because when you do that, it takes away time that a leader or a manager or people manager can be spending around coaching and working with their teams. Where it takes time from a client facing, an, an individual in a client facing role focused on helping their customer. It's the same concept. And so the way, it, so I'm excited, continue to be excited about how the practice of HR human resources continues to to evolve because we get to make a direct impact on our business Mm -hmm. for customer experience by ensuring that we are being methodical, fanatical, deliberate, and very focused on moments that matter because those moments create the best experience for our employees. I hope all that makes
0: sense. Yeah, that (laughs) that was wonderful. And I was just going to add, I know some of the work, that we did uh, together at Kaiser Permanente, you know, we were, for example, focused on the patient experience. And I think one of the things that we found was most of the time we were just in the employee's way, (laughs) like we were just creating barriers and hurdles and, you know, obstacle courses to them providing great experience. And so I love what you said about, you know, removing those so that, we, the people we hire can do the best work and, you know, the work that they want to do, that they feel like they have a purpose around versus the bureaucracy that sometimes gets in the way of it.
1: Absolutely. And, that, and that's where the, and that's the harder part. So when organizations find that they're stale or they're moving slow or they have bureaucracy and they recognize that they need to operate in a more agile way and they need to change processes, the challenge with all of that the, the challenge with that is you're forcing people to operate, it, it's change, basic change management, but you're forcing people to behave differently and to change what they've always done. Mm-hmm. Because, and then also there's a, a people impact because if your job is one of those jobs where you own a process that really enables that bureaucracy and you say, okay, I'm, I'm gonna take that piece out of it, I'm gonna remove that, then people get really frustrated by that. And then we become, very dependent on systems and processes that we have in place. But a truly customer-centric organization is one where we are doing all of the work to quote, to ensure that our employees are empowered and enabled, and you have to remove the, 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 the stuff that keeps people from being able to be at their best every day and to be able to thrive.
0: Yes, absolutely. I want to read a quote to you, which you've probably heard, it's from one of my favorite people, Simon Sinek. Um, oh, yeah. And he says, Customers will never love a company until the employees love it first. Absolutely. And I thought that was such a great way to kind of encapsulate the fact that if you don't take care of your team members, who are also, and it seems like a simple concept, you know, your team members or your staff or your employees are the ones taking care of your customers. If you don't take care of them first, they're not gonna, in turn, take care of not at all not at all
1: and and you know i've been in being in having been in hr for many many years one of the things that i've figured out i've become a student of leadership and and some of that is because i've worked for i've seen lots of bad leaders i've seen some really good examples of good leaders i've seen people who are naturally just good connectors and they know how to bring people together and drive change and then i've seen people who can't do who, who who can't do any of that but it's it's really basic, if you know how to connect people, if you know how to instill pride and joy and build relationships with people, then your employees, that makes a difference to your employees, particularly when people aren't earning a whole lot of money and you you create a culture where they are excited and they cheer and they, they want nothing but the best for you and the organization. And money becomes not the private money then, is not the primary concern for them because when that when they're prideful in that way, it translates, it automatically translates to the customers. And so Simon is absolutely correct. And I've said for years, if leaders would just, if people managers or leaders would just take the time to focus on their people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And some people do that really well, some don't, you know, it's really easy, everything else falls into place. People will come, they won't leave, they will stay and they'll they'll be excited.
0: Absolutely, I love it. It's a great response to the quote and um, you know I guess my next question is really you, you mentioned earlier about uh, I think I heard you talk about like internal customers right like stakeholders partners. Um, tell me because I, 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 I worked in organizations where you, you know team members saw each other as customers. I've worked in organizations where they only saw the true external customer as the customer. How do you think, what's what's the difference in mentality there? And how does that impact behavior and performance and leadership?
1: I think we, are, we should treat each other as if we are the customers walking into a store mm-hmm. or the customer calling in about a service or the patient who's, who is coming in for a physical or a flu shot or surgery, we should treat each other in the same way. Number one, going back to culture, it's just common courtesy and it's kindness, right? And it's 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 a it's operating in a way that really drives integrity and friendship and relationship building. Secondly, I, I worked for a CHRO many years ago who used to say, remember HR is also your customer. And the reason she would say that all the time, and that has never left me, is because oftentimes as HR professionals, we we have this client-focused mindset where we will bend over backwards and turn flips for our clients, and then we treat our peers in HR like crap. And so she always said, remember, your HR peers are always your customers. And that applies to every function, every department, every team. You don't call the service center screaming at the HR service center representatives. You don't call your finance person and treat them like crap or treat your HR person like that. If you you instill the mindset that we are all customers and when you are presented with a problem, it's your problem to solve. Mm. You may hand it off, you may have, you know, there may be someone else that you bring in to help solve the issue, but it is no different from me waking up at one o'clock in the morning because my baby is sick and I need to ask someone, Hey, where's the, you know, ibuprofen or the fever reducer. It's no different from that. And and we should treat each other like that every
0: day. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, if, if you know, the mentality internally helps with culture, I think, you know, the culture of doesn't matter what team you're on, you know, we're all working together co- toward this common goal. Someone's, um, quarterbacking it right like there's a person who owns it but at the end of the day I need to pull on all these other people to help me and provide expertise or collaboration so you know it's a it's a complex topic you know when you're in a support function um and you know it can't be one-sided I guess is what I'm it can't saying be one side, not at all it has to be it has to be a,
1: sh- a shared agenda using Kaiser Permanente's um mm-hmm. Bernard Tyson's terminology it has to be a shared agenda so it cannot be but again but again that speaks to behaviors norms expectations how we interact and and it's it's operating with a customer focused perspective you wouldn't just walk away using my example going to a drugstore at 1 a.m if the employee just walked away and they're like i don't know that's not that's not a positive experience and so right. we should treat each other from a peer group perspective or colleagues in the same way.
0: And at the end of the day, the customer doesn't care, right? Like that's, no, that's what I always, all.
1: regardless of not it's internal
0: all. or external, the customer doesn't care. If you need to go and talk to 10 people behind the scenes, they just want the answer. They want a single point of contact and they want it quickly. Absolutely. So I always tell myself that like you have to, that, that's what kind of has driven me to make sure that all the pieces are coming together. Uh, the Customer does not care. <laughs> they don't care if three people are working on it or one. They see, they see, uh, Concentrics. They see Walgreens. They see all these organizations as one entity. Absolutely, no doubt. So I know we talked about a little bit about Walgreens, a little bit about Kaiser Permanente, just because that's my shared kindred spirit <laughs> with all the work that we've done together uh, with those two companies. But what is Concentrics doing? Um, around this complex topic of, I'll call it experience management, because it's internal, it's external, it's both together. Uh, what are like just a few things that, that you all are doing at Concentric to improve um, the experience of your team members and of, or your staff, excuse me, and your customers?
1: So cons- uh, yeah, there are a number of things. We are a customer experience company. So we provide technology tools, consulting, we have some, very unique, Uh, we have traditional services that we provide from an outsourcing perspective where we will take on the back office work or and and additional services, it's not just back office work. But in addition to that, we provide technology such as bots, we provide a talk, text capability, we have a a very, in fact, I was on the town hall of the analytics team. So we have a, a very robust analytics uh, practice where we have lots of data scientists who support organizations through uh, to improve their employee experience with really good data and insights. And then from a people perspective, we are looking at one the end-to-end employee life cycle, or we refer to our employees as staff. We so we're looking at the employee the staff life cycle from end to end, and based on that, we're identifying where we have breakdowns in the process. To improve our employee experience. And one of the ways that we're investing in capability within the HR organization is number one, we are looking at structure processes for efficiency and, and ease. We're taking tasks off of managers as well as our staff plate and our, uh, also our People Solutions business partners because we want them to be focused on their most important customers, whether it is an
0: internal staff member or a client, external client. Nice, very cool. Um, yeah, it's it's good to hear that you're focusing on both and the interconnectivity, um, You know, using kind of that like journey mapping type of process where you're, and you mentioned it earlier, but moments that matter. Um, are, are there certain moments that matter from a, just from a human centric perspective, not even like employee or customer, but do you find that there's some themes around what those moments are? Absolutely. I'd say, you know, when I think about them,
1: they all matter. I definitely think onboarding is is one moment that stands out that really matters. And and onboarding is a process that so many organizations are trying to get better at. And the reason onboarding is, is important is because one, it introduces your new employee or your new staff to the organization. And it sets the tone about an expectation around the culture secondly it is through the onboarding process and that happens before onboarding during the interview process but it's during the onboarding process that really kind of fortifies or solidifies that manager experience the manager connection the relationship with an employee a staff and their manager and how they you know how they're going to work going forward and you get that if you get that wrong you you start to disengage, you can disengage an employee very early on, and it can impact their productivity, but if you just take the time as a manager to engage, to connect, hi, Angela, and I know we're, we're not going to lunches in the way that we used to, but just having a Zoom call or a text, right, to check in, hey, how was your first week? Just checking in with you. Uh, how was your you're your in week two? And then sitting down and saying, are there any questions that I can answer for you? And so, but, so that onboarding period, and, and we've defined onboarding from the moment it, uh, uh, a person says yes through the 90th day of employment, some managers may choose to go out for six months, and that means what are those check-ins, what are you saying, how are you ensuring that there's clarity in terms of roles, responsibilities, goals, who should they meet with? you have a computer on your first day or your technology and your tools so it's all of that and and i think that relationship building piece is very important another area i think that is critically important is our um, when there are transitions in people's lives so if whether it is you know having a child adopting a child going out for on leave those processes should be easy. They should be simple. They should be user-friendly and oftentimes they're clunky. I remember back in the day, people had to fax a form to me and I had to sign off and you have to call your, you know, an external provider. And all of that is just not okay. The last thing that I'll say, and it is particularly important in an organization like ours where our business really is, you know, people and taking care of people and providing support, through services, but it is offboarding, and that's a process that is often ignored because, like, they're gone, but, right. and that, and it's, and it's not just the the traditional kind of exit survey. Why are you leaving? What happened? How can we better support you? But it, but keeping in mind, again, being a customer centric organization, customer centric organization, that this person can refer someone. This person still has relationships with employees within your company. This person could be a boomerang. They may come back someday. They could be your boss someday. But just keeping in mind that you want them to have a graceful exit and to know when their final paycheck is going to come and when they get their W-2 and just being able to communicate easily. You know, I know there are sometimes rough terminations and exits, but, but that's the exception. It generally should be a very smooth transaction.
0: Yeah, and I think you, you spoke to like some things that are table stakes Like in all three of those situations, like getting your computer, getting your last paycheck, Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like some some pieces that are like that need to be connected to the human experience. You know, there's things that can be automated that you just you don't want to drop the ball on, but you know the human touch, the one on ones, the um, uh, emotional intelligence when it comes to bringing someone on board or offboarding them. And I think all three of those situations, I know we were talking about the team member, but I think we can correlate them to the customer experience. I think it rings true because when you're onboarding a customer, that's your first opportunity to create a first impression. When you're transitioning you know, executive um, um, representatives or you know, people who are supporting that customer through transitions or different parts of your services, really key and then offboarding a customer too, uh, regardless of what the reason is, you know, you want to create ambassadors, regardless of if that person is giving you money or giving you uh, a business. Absolutely. And,
1: and you're right. There, there are a number of tools and there's technology out there, uh, even more, you know, definitely at this point in my career, there are lots of tools and technologies that can enable mm-hmm. a, those moments that matter or, or make them easier. And certainly now that we have more people working at home and working remotely, so that's important. But, it, but none of those tools and technology, and, we, and there's some very sophisticated ones out there, none of them take the place of a manager call reaching out to say, Angela, how, how are you doing? Welcome, this is your first day. I know you did, you've done orientation, but I just wanna check in with you. Or Angela, it's been a month. How's it going? Are you okay? So just checking in in that way and having conversations and and to your point, that human interaction and that human touch, which is even more important now that many of us are working remotely and, and we're not able to hang out at the proverbial uh, water cooler or go to lunch, right? So it's how do you create those same build relationships and create those connections that will continue to help that employee on board and just get kind of grounded in in their new job at their new company with their new company
0: yeah i remember like years ago you know people were worried about you know ai taking over and technology you know taking people's jobs and i just don't i don't see it happening because there is i think really the key is figuring out what are the the processes that don't require human touch or interaction and automating those so they run smoothly and like a machine. But at the end of the day we're not machines. So right. there's the human context that's really important. So I think the really it's interesting because we're kind of leaning more towards the human interaction now. Um even though like 10 years ago we were talking a lot about technology and HR management systems and yeah, it, it
1: has to be both, particularly, again, you know, when you're talking about creating a great experience for customers, for employees. And so it, from a customer perspective, we can shop now and we can do self-checkout or we can shop on our app. And then, you know, the employee comes out and they bring your items and your products. and so that is wonderful. And that's great. And I love it. And I take advantage of it. And, and we can do all sorts of things through all of the cool technology that enables us to do interviews and support onboarding and and just you know send us reminders, but none of that takes takes the place at all between the connection that we have we need to have as from a human perspective and you know and, and right now because so many of us are working remotely and we're we're out, I think we all we all desire the day one day when we are like we can just sit in a, in a conference room and have a conversation and go to lunch together. And I think there's going to be, personally, I think there will be this mad dash when we can leave our homes and, and we'll all run to the office. I think that's going to wear off because people will figure out, you know, I did, I like the flexibility. I did like working at my house, but I need that human interaction. And so it's, it's part of the way we, it's the beauty of being a human and it's, and it's, but the, but what's also wonderful is that we have lots of very intelligent and smart humans that design wonderful technology for us to make our lives easier. So, and I I am learning to take more and more advantage
0: of that. Yes, same same. There's so many. Um, so it's kind of a similar question to technology, but you know, for the leader who is listening to this and and thinking, you know, still kind of a customer. When it comes to customer centricity, I think it's important, but they're still thinking about the customer as that external entity that that's bringing money in them for their for their business. Uh, what would you say around the real impact of putting people first, putting your people first, so that you can put your business and your customers first? Well,
1: I, I will tell you, it's. Some of it is just old school. You know, I think about my grandmother and, and my mother, it's just the right thing to do. It's the, you know, it's the godly thing to do, number one. Mm-hmm. I think um, the other thing is so much of what we do really is about relationships. You you have to establish relationships because, and if, when when you don't put your your people first, your customer first, then you take away what differentiates you as a company. You what it takes away what differentiates you as a leader or a people manager, and it takes away. It it just creates a breakdown. and it results in creating a breakdown that's not unnecessary. And sometimes it can make you irrelevant too, right? And so when you don't when you don't do the work up front to establish a relationship and maintain a relationship with your customer for your employee then it be it's kind of like out of sight out of mind and you never give the feedback that you need to get better you never find out you know how whether or not this person is great talent or if they have feedback that can contribute to you and the organization so i just think i am naturally a person who likes to connect and and i like to talk and i like to engage with people and so and i like to stay connected and so that's just my style and I like to spend a lot of time with my team and I, and I am constantly thinking about how to create those connections and, and build relationships. And I've started a new job and, and I'm working in Houston at home and I've joined remotely and I've worked with people all over the world and, and, and I've had to make the extra effort because I don't get to get on, I can't get on the plane or can't have conversations with them in person. So I've had to work extra to engage and to have conversations with people. And luckily it really feels, you know, it's the natural way of working now. So it has become my new normal. I hope I answered your question on that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, you absolutely did. Um, you know, what I heard was it's, you know, it, and, and it seems pretty simple. The concept seems simple that you should put people first and people are humans and not machines, uh, but, you know, I think your point around it—it it could be a detriment to your competitiveness uh, in the long run because this is kind of when we talk about the future of work. This is where many organizations are going to put a concerted effort towards employee experience and how that connects them with the customer experience. So, I think the answer is you know people can't really afford not, afford not to <laughs> at
1: this point. You can't. Yeah, you can't. You really can't afford not to. For, and I and you know again, years of working in customer focused organizations really has you know we would talk at length about the importance of staying relevant and and staying on top and staying keeping a competitive advantage. and you do all of those things and by connecting with people and ensuring that that human interaction is there. And so you you can't do it. you know we can't. We're not a 100% robotic society as cool as technology and all that stuff is you have to have that human interaction you have to take the time to make a call and connect with people and and just and stay connected so that's important
0: great well um just to summarize and to to wrap things up um anything else that you want to mention when it comes to the connection between the employee experience and customer experience any other tips tricks Easy low hanging fruit. Yeah, I think
1: the other thing is listening. I didn't talk. A, we didn't talk a whole lot about, and we've we've done this. Um, in, in fact, you coined the term. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> so you know, asking employees, I want your feedback. What do you think? What What are your thoughts? And then you don't do anything with the. the you don't even follow up to say, here's what here's what we asked. Here's what you said. Right. you can't do anything about it, right? Or you just keep mm. asking people, and there's no follow through. So. The importance of asking your employees just like you would a customer we get surveys all the time and we're asked you know the employee circles the cashier circles their name or the number go here and you can get a free burger or whatever and so in the same way employee engagement surveys are important focus groups are important um, post surveys whatever method or just calling someone and, and and you know having a conversation but asking employees for their feedback and asking them about, you know, what creates a good experience for you? What is, what is a moment that matters? Hmm. What type of programs offer uh, program offerings or policies or lead policies, what's important to you as a mother, as a young woman, as a, as a working parent? Asking is really important. And, and when you ask and you follow through and you follow up, even if you can't deliver, that in itself creates a great experience for an employee and for a customer. And so you know it's no different from when you complain to someone about you know a store or a product not being there and they, they say, we'll make sure you get it. It's the same concept when it
0: comes yeah. to. Business. Yeah, or just communicating. I think a lot just of times. customers usually don't they're not bent out of shape if they're they're hearing follow up uh, and there's not a big wall of time same thing with with employees um yeah you know if you, communication exactly if you ask something or you're expected something constant communication and follow-up so yeah. well thank you kim so much for thank joining you. as always the insights are just flowing
1: <laughs> i appreciate it i love talking I about this. these are topics that we can talk all day and all night about oh i know world. You're a culture
0: architect, so we should talk all day about it. Yes, yeah. Well, I hope hope to have you on again. if uh We, thank we have you. many, many topics that we could talk about, so thank you. Thank you,
1: Kim. I'll be here in my pink room. You can't see it now. I have a virtual <laughs> background, but I'm in my daughter's pink room. So anytime. Take care. Love it. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye.